The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 17th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. One of my favorite Christian writers, Anne Lamott, says that the two very best prayers that she knows are these, help me, help me, help me, and thank you, thank you, thank you. And those two prayers are a perfect summary of our gospel reading for this morning. In this morning's gospel, we find Jesus on his way to Jerusalem, passing through a small village in the region between Galilee and Samaria. As he enters this village, ten lepers call to him from the outskirts of town. Now, today we know leprosy as Hansen's disease, and we know today that 95% of people have a natural immunity to it and that it's fully curable. But in Jesus' time, leprosy was a general term for anyone with a bad skin condition, and it was thought to be highly contagious. So according to religious law, lepers had to remain on the margins of villages and towns with other lepers and outcasts. Their possessions were thrown out. Fabrics from their home were burned for fear of infection. When people would approach them, lepers were obligated to yell, unclean, unclean, to ward people off. They were required to wear tattered clothes to remind people of this uncleanliness and for people to stay away. They were unclean homeless, destitute, and outcast. And from their exile on the outskirts of town and life, these ten lepers call out to Jesus, help us, help us, help us. And he tells them to go and show themselves to the priest. Now, in Jesus' time, being clean or unclean, whole or disabled, well or sick, were not only medical diagnoses, but more importantly at the time, they were religious categories. And therefore, it was the priest that determined if one was healthy and whole and able enough to rejoin society. So, although there is no specific talk of healing in our text, Jesus' instruction to the lepers indicates that something is about to happen, and something does. As they go on their way, they are healed of their diseases. One of them, when he sees that he's been healed, turns back, praising God with a loud voice. He falls at Jesus' feet, crying, Thank you, thank you, thank you. And he was a Samaritan. 
He was a double outsider, both because he was a leper and a Samaritan, historic enemies of the Jews. And as with so many stories in the gospel, like the better-known Good Samaritan story, it's the outsider that becomes the model for faith. And then Jesus wonders out loud, well, where did the other nine that I healed go? He asked, was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he turns to the Samaritan and says, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. That phrase, made well, can also be translated as you were saved, healed, and made whole. It's much bigger than just a physical cure. Um, This man was not just healed, but fully made well, fully made whole. And this leper's gratitude was brought about by something more, something broader and deeper than just his physical healing. It was a return to wholeness, to life, to relationships, to his community. For me, the story of Jesus and the ten lepers is simply a story about the power of gratitude. Gratitude, sometimes referred to as the queen of the spiritual practices, Gratitude, pausing to turn around and give and express our thanks. In our own culture, as in our gospel, gratitude is often an overlooked virtue. Like the lepers in the gospel, we rarely take time for it. We get what we need and then we move on to the next thing. We rarely take the time just to simply be grateful. But when we do, it's often reserved for certain times of the year, like Thanksgiving or Christmas. And to make that gratitude a little less scarce this morning, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to turn to somebody beside you or in front of you or behind you, someone you aren't related to if you can, and share one thing that you are grateful for and why. It could be big, it could be small, it could have happened just recently, it could have happened a long time ago. Whatever you'd like to share, one thing that you are grateful for and why. And we'll take a few minutes to do this, and I'll keep track of the time, and I'll call us back when we're done. All right. All right. I love love the energy in the room. Uh, Gratitude is a positive and a powerful feeling, isn't it? Um, commentators on our gospel story point out that uh, the difference between the one leper that returned is that he looked down and saw that he was healed. He took the time to actually look. And when we take the time, even just for a few minutes, as we've just done, we see how blessed we really are. Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote, In ordinary life, we hardly realize that we receive a great deal more than we give, and that it is only with gratitude that life becomes rich. It is only with gratitude that life becomes rich because we see how much we already have, how much we have been given. Gratitude is a crucial part, defining characteristic of the Christian life. Lutherans say that we're justified, saved, made right with God by God's grace, which we receive in faith. There's nothing that we can do to earn God's love. We are precisely like those lepers, outcast, sick, alienated by sin, by brokenness, by our own doing or that of others. Our hearts long for and cry out for God, for healing. And Jesus says to us, 
Come back into the village, for I have made you well. Come close, for I am not afraid of your disease or your scars or your mistakes or your failures. Come close now, for I forgive you and I love you. I have made you well. You are holy. You are whole. Our gratitude, as with the leper, is a response to God's love and God's gift of grace. And there are a few things, I think, that happen when we practice gratitude in our daily lives. First, I think it shifts our perspective. It reminds us that we are recipients, receivers, and not just creators, producers, and givers. We didn't create all this, and we are not in charge of it all. We are not God, and that is a great relief. It brings us back to what is most important in life, that the things we are most grateful for often are not things at all, but people and moments and free and unexpected gifts of love and grace and our relationships. It helps us to see what is right in our lives, even when it seems that everything is going wrong. And I think it draws us closer to God's own heart. God not only loves us and saves us, but God is grateful for us too. And it makes us happier. Later on, years later, after Anne Lamott said that her favorite prayers were, help me and thank you, she added a third prayer. It was, wow. Help, thanks, wow. God, please help me. God, thank you for hearing my prayer, for loving me, and for your many gifts in my life. And wow, they truly are amazing. And now I want to share a video with you about gratitude and about the difference that gratitude can make in our lives and the lives of others. It comes from the Science of Happiness series from Soul Pancake. What makes you happy? Having fun? Hanging out with friends? Delicious food? Making money? Well, consider this. Psychologists have scientifically proven that one of the greatest contributing factors to overall happiness in your life is how much gratitude you show. Yeah? Think about that. Go ahead and marinate on it for a second. You can thank me later if you want. It'll make you feel better according to this study. You go ahead and click on it and read it if you want. Or you can keep watching because we read it and we thought it might be fun to test out for ourselves. We gathered a selection of volunteers to act as our subjects. First, we gave them a test. They didn't know what we were looking for but it gave us a pretty good idea of their current level of happiness. We asked them to close their eyes and think of somebody who was really influential in their life, somebody who did something really amazing or important for them. We had them write down as much as they could about why this person was so important. Now, a lot of them thought at this point the experiment was over until we really put them on the spot and tried to get them to call that person and read what they wrote about them. Thank you, Jessica. We are going to have to have you call your mother. So who was that right person for you? The person is my sister, Erica. We're going to give Erica a call. Okay. Who'd you end up picking? Friend of mine, uh, Craig Ains. Her name is Dora. My college accounting instructor. Really? Mm-hmm. Is this somebody you're still in touch with today? No, I'm assuming that he's passed on. That's, that's a <laughs> shame. To the great beyond. You up for it? Um, uh, yes. What would you say if we called up Dora? Oh, well, we can try, but she lives in Britain. In Britain? Oh, no, never by heart, dude. This is awful. That's fine. I don't know my mom's number by heart. If it's true that uh, those who are going on are looking down on us, maybe he read my chicken scratch. Hey, sweetheart. Hey, 
How you doing? Um, yes. You got a second? Where you at? In the hotel? I am. I'm in the hotel. Uh-huh. You scared me. Were you asked if I had no. a second or something wrong? No. I'm on this, I'm on like this little TV show, and they told me to talk about the person that influenced me the most, and I picked you, and, then, and they're, making uh-huh. me call, they're making me call you. Oh, wonderful. Hi, you reached Craig. I'm not here right now. At the tone, please record your message. Oh, come on. <laughs> Hello? Hi. Hi. Erica, it's me. All right, so i got to read you this paragraph. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Go ahead, All right. sweetheart. All right, the person that influenced me the most would be my mother, Milo Dawson. She is a single mother of two. She is a very hard worker and dedicated to her family. Hey, Craig, this is Loie. Um, this is going to be a funny little voicemail, so I hope you enjoy it. I'm so sorry for calling you at 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I have to read this to you, okay? And you can't say anything or, I don't know, you can respond, but I probably will just keep going. <laughs> okay? Is everything okay? Yes, but I have to read this out loud to you. The person who has had the biggest impact on my life outside of Jesus Christ, who is responsible for my existence, was my college accounting instructor. He had a joy and enthusiasm for his job like no other teacher I have ever known. I love her to death and she keeps me going with positive talk. She is a woman that knows what she wants and won't give up until it is achieved. Oh, I first met Craig on an independent feature film set in Whitefish, Montana. I recently have been sending Craig a lot of positive thoughts as he's suffered a series of health problems. Despite his medical problems, he's continued to work and take pleasure in the small things in life, like sitting quietly with, with his wife Janine on the porch. Erica is my older sister and my best friend. Sometimes it even feels like we are twins. She's my number one fan and my number one supporter. She makes me happy because despite all my mistakes and my decisions, she still loves me no matter what. Your friendship is everything. And you are, you are one of the most important person in my life. Even when she has a kid and many children, I will love her more than her kids. Okay, maybe not. I will never forget when she flew 3,000 miles to the drop of a phone call to save me from a breakup. I'm being blessed by having a son like you. I love you. Bye. Why did you do that to me? <laughs> I don't know because they made me do it. <laughs> Thank you for picking up. Bye, sweetie. And then they're like, here, you're going to write this letter. And then I wrote, like, this whole long-ass letter, which, you know, I, like, don't write. And then all of a sudden, they're like, hey, guess what? Now we're going to call her, and you're going to read her this letter. And I was like, what the f***? Before we let them go, we gave our subjects one more happiness test. Now we mixed up and rephrased the questions so they didn't know they were taking the same test twice. For those who took the time to actually write something down but couldn't make the phone call for whatever reason, we saw happiness increase between 2 and 4%. Good, but not exactly mind-blowing. Now for those who actually picked up the phone and personally expressed their gratitude, we saw increases between 4 and 19%. 
So either way, expressing your gratitude will make you a happier person. But you want to know something really interesting? The person who experienced the biggest jump in happiness was the least happy person who walked in the door. What does that mean? That means if you're having a particularly tough time, trying this out will more likely have a greater impact on you. Trust me, I'm in a lab coat. So it wasn't just about being grateful. It was ex- about expressing that gratitude. And maybe that's the difference between the nine lepers and the one that returned. That the nine lepers were cleaned and they were glad of it. But the one came back and thanked Jesus. And maybe he was the happiest of all because he came back to express that. Um, just yesterday to say, um, uh, my wife Jenny received a message kind of like this from a friend, um, an old, old childhood friend who wrote her because it was Canadian Thanksgiving and she was feeling grateful. Uh, And so she sent this message to Jenny about a kindness that Jenny and her family had done for her many, many years ago when they were teenagers uh, and that Jenny hadn't exactly forgotten about, but it was a long time ago. And she sent this message and Jenny was just blown away Uh, And this is the first time this morning I could talk about it without choking up (laughs) because it touched all of us, just that simple act of gratitude. So I encourage you uh, today, this week, take time to be grateful and share your gratitude and your thanks with others. And uh, our joy will be great and our joy will be complete. Amen.